Okay, before we get started today, I'd like to make a quick announcement. Over the last several years, I have spent a lot of time working with investors just like you. Investors who have started their business, got it off the ground, got a little bit of momentum, but just don't know how to scale up from there. They don't know how to take a small business doing a deal here and there and really systemize it and scale it up in a profitable way. I have been helping people for so many years do exactly that. I did it in my own business first, and then I helped other people replicate that success in their business. And my announcement to you is that I am ready to help you do the exact same thing right now. I have developed a program that's called the Seven Figure Investor Blueprint, and it's called that because I wanna take you from wherever you are in your business right now and help you ramp it up into a seven-figure profit business. You can do this. I know you've told yourself that you wanna do it. And for whatever reason, it's just not working out. But I wanna teach you things like how to market, to find the best deals, how to analyze those deals, how to negotiate with sellers and wholesalers to get the best possible deals how to get those deals funded, whether it's private funding, hard money lending, whatever. I wanna help you understand the best way for you to fund those deals, and then how to structure those deals for maximum profit. And then finally, how to build a team around you. You don't have to do everything in your business. And in fact, you shouldn't be doing everything. I don't do everything in my business and it runs really, really well. In fact, it runs better when I'm not trying to do everything. And I wanna teach you exactly how to do that. All you have to do, if this sounds interesting to you, if this sounds like something that you must do in 2022 to reach your goals, go to sevenfigureinvestor.com. That's the word seven sevenfigureinvestor.com. Sign up. I want to help you this year achieve all of your business goals, but you have to go and sign up first. It's seven, the word seven, figureinvestor.com. I cannot wait to see you inside the program. We are going to do great things this year. And I told him, hey, look at this cool real estate stuff that I'm doing and look at this program that I wrote. And he said, dude, you don't know anything. You're not doing anything. <laughs> you're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right. Thank you for joining me here on the show. I appreciate it. I've got a good one for you today. Uh, today, I'm interviewing Paul Wackham. He is a uh, he's founded Town Square. It's a free marketplace for properties in the real estate investing space. What's cool about it is uh, these are off market properties, so you can buy and sell off market properties from this platform, which is really, really cool. And the coolest thing that I learned is this software, this platform, the buyers primarily are institutional buyers, right? Hedge funds and and uh, these large buyers that buy up thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, properties every single month. So it's very difficult sometimes and people struggle to figure out how to get in front of those kind of buyers. This is how you do it. Uh, he's also an avid real estate investor. He's owned Airbnbs, he's done house hacks, buy and holds, flips, wholesales, ground up construction. He's done a lot in the industry and he has created this software for us as real estate investors because off-market deals are king, right? And getting in front of huge buyers with huge deep pockets that can buy your properties is 
awesome. And I had a fun time interviewing him. He was a great guest. Guys, stick around and listen to this one because I think you're going to be really, really excited. Without any further delay, I give you Paul Wackham. Hey, Paul, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of roads we can go down. You've done a lot of cool things. Um, and, I, and I really want to hit those. But before we do, can you just give people a sense of who you are, where you come from, how real estate even hit your radar, why you're in this crazy world and not just working for some corporate in a, in a cubicle and just calling it good? Yep. Yep. Well said. I, uh, I have always been my own boss, thankfully. Uh, in um, middle school and in high school, I owned a, a landscaping company with my brother. And then through college, I, I kept that landscaping business alive. And right out of college, my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, we started what is now one of the largest real estate photography companies on the East Coast. Uh, it's based in Pittsburgh. That's where I'm from. Grew up, born and raised in Pittsburgh. I'm currently in sunny but frigid boulder colorado um and yeah that real estate photography business is really where i got my start i had a lot of interactions with top 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 tier agents uh and top tier investors as the one and only photographer for the first year and a half before we hired any employees it was a grind uh and it's how i got my start but i i'm happy to have started there that's awesome all right first of all i want to congratulate you for never having worked for somebody else that's amazing i wish i could say that um but i think me for me having worked for somebody else is sort of like the bear that's chasing me that i never want to <laughs> slow down because i do not want that bear to eat me again um uh so this photography business i'm interested in this it, it's it's interesting because I don't know anybody else who's done this, but were you literally flying a plane or something, or are you talking about drones or what? How are we getting pictures? And and we should say you said photography. I happen to know uh, that it's called flyover properties, right? So you're you're doing aerial pictures. How did you get those pictures? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So for graduation present, my girlfriend wife uh, bought me a drone, a DJI uh, Phantom 4, right as they came out. Nice. Uh, watched a bunch of YouTube videos first about of, it. And first she of got all, it I, can I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what a cool girlfriend. What a know, cool right? gift, right? Yep. That's awesome. Yep. So she's already cool. Yep. We know that. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no worries. Yeah, it started, it started quite the vicious cycle back in uh, 2016. So she bought it for me. And at the time I was running a, uh, a digital marketing company, believe it or not. And the, the guy who was our business partner, his wife was a very large real estate agent. And he said, you got this cool drone. You should go fly it for my wife and take some pictures. So I went out, took some very bad pictures and then decided, Hey, I'll drive down the street and see if there's anybody else that has their house for sale. So I cold called a real estate agent off of their sign and said, Hey, my name's Paul. I, uh, I take aerial photos with a drone. Would you like some aerial photos? Uh, it just so happened that that was the largest real estate agent in Pennsylvania at the time. And she said, yes, we want some aerial photos, but we also need a, a new interior photographer. Can you take interior photos as well? And I said, you betcha I can. <laughs> uh, I had no experience taking real estate wow. photos whatsoever. I called my friends that had nice houses and said, Hey, you're never going to believe it. I need to take pictures of the inside of your house and I need to take them tonight. So <laughs> I took photos of five houses, put together a God awful portfolio, sent them over to the agent and, uh, the rest is history. We now have 3,200 real estate agent clients in the, uh, Southwestern Pennsylvania, uh, market. Holy crap. Okay. 
uh, what camera, not, not your DJI, but your, your camera, what camera were you using to take pictures in the beginning? Yeah, a Canon T3i okay, that you can right. buy on Amazon for like nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you weren't lo- using like your iPhone back then or whatever, like which iPhones obviously take amazing pictures now, but like you weren't just using like some point and click kind of a thing. You were at least had had something that you could m- remove lenses and stuff. Were you removing lenses or did you know about how to do all that? I, I had to know how to do it because I actually went to a friend of mine that was a professional <laughs> photographer and said, hey man, I need a wide angle lens because... I need to take photos of houses. And I met up with him at a bar, had a beer, and then put it on my camera and ran to the houses to take pictures. That's and so dang like I funny, said, man. The rest was history. <laughs> All right. So that's super cool, obviously. Um, what do you charge then and now to do the aerial stuff? Like what what was the cost to do it then and now? I'm I'm very happy you asked. So now the the average price across the US is about uh, 175 bucks per house, depending on the size of the house. Uh, Back whenever we got started, our way to enter the market and disrupt the real estate photography market was to charge literally nothing. So I charged $45 or free for everything. That's interior photos and aerial photos. Yeah. And that was just to get your foot in the door, be their go-to. And then how how was the conversation when you started charging them? (laughs) Uh, Was that tough? It was was a little bit tough. Okay. Yeah, a little bit tough. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow. And you yeah. got 30. So I, I don't know like how and we didn't talk about this beforehand. So I'm not trying to put you on the spot. But no, can no, you give please. us a sense of the scale, the size of your company? This the, the company has 3200 clients and uh, in, in that area. Like what what kind of what are we talking about here? Like what kind of business is that size wise? Yeah. Yeah. So as I got more and more into real estate investing, my wife took over the operation. She now runs that company uh, 100% by herself. So she's running a 3,200 client operation all by herself with uh, four, uh, sometimes five photographers, an overseas editing company. uh, And she does a great, great job at it. That's awesome. All right. So I'm going to, one more time, and you can tell me to back the heck off. I mean, is this like a seven-figure business? Is it an eight-figure business? Uh, is it a six-figure business? Like, what are we talking about here? I wouldn't say seven figures, okay. but it's definitely successful. It's at a healthy six-figure range. Got it. That's awesome, man. Congrats. It. That's a cool, it's just a cool business. And first of all, you know, you, you said it was free, and I kind of went, oh, wow, really? But honestly, sometimes when people come to me about like real estate, like what's the best way to learn and I want a mentor, I'm like, just go work for somebody for free. Just just be valuable and don't charge. Just absorb and ask questions. And and so you just did that in a business, right? You just didn't charge and you wanted to get your foot in the door. And you know, I, I understand there's a little, bit of mom, a little bit of momentum too to these relationships. So you get in there with these realtors, they're used to you, there's a cadence, there's a rhythm, there's a familiarity, there's a trust and respect they don't want to go find somebody else to do it. Like you're already doing a great job. And oh, now you want to charge me. I would think some of the agents probably were like, that's totally fine. I can't believe you weren't charging me before. So it seems fair, right? Like, so spot on. Yeah, exactly. That's very cool though, man. I like that. It's awesome. So you, you started talking to these realtors and these high level realtors and high level investors. What was, what was the moment? What like were you at some point must've said to yourself, I should be investing in real, like I'm taking pictures of all these cool houses and people are making tons of money. I want to get in that game. What did that look like? And what did you do in the beginning to, to start investing? Yeah. So it was actually podcasts like yours and bigger pockets and a couple others 
um, that I started listening to while I was driving around. I would drive around and take photos for 14 hours a day straight, uh, driving to and from wow. appointments during the summertime. Uh, and it was listening to podcasts and talking to some pretty high level investors, some guys that were buying and flipping lots and lots of houses. Uh, we were the primary photography company for one of the largest flippers in mm. the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And I saw uh, what their operations looked like. I saw the kind of money they were making. They kind of became friendly with me. Um, and we saw how cool the houses were. So I said, hey, I, I can do this and then jumped full force into real estate um, hired some photographers. I became an agent because I thought that I had to get my license to be uh, a serious investor. We can talk more about that, but <laughs> it was really about a year and two months or so into my photography career where I was the only photographer grinding away that I then really took a deep dive into real estate investing. Nice. So I do kind of want to talk about it for a minute because I think it's... Um it's a topic I like talking about and not everyone agrees with me. So I'm kind of curious what your opinion is in retrospect or in hindsight. Do you feel like you needed to be a realtor to be an investor? Um, I, I did a lot of retail, not a lot. I did some retail transactions as a realtor. I, I sold my parents' house. I sold a couple of friends' houses. I acted as a buyer's agent for um, a foreign buyer. And I, I, I appreciated the experience. I don't think that I needed it for the purposes of being uh, an investor, but okay. it definitely taught me so much about the other side of the real estate, uh, the real estate market. And I think that understanding the contracts, understanding the legalities and all of those things, it really benefited, benefited me as I talked to homeowners that I was trying to purchase homes from or yeah. talking to contractors about, Hey, you can't renovate the kitchen this way because the comps don't work out. And they'd say, yeah. what are you talking about? I pull up the MLS and say, look at this. It's not going to work. You can't choose this granite or these cabinets. So hmm. I personally, I, I don't know if a, if a young investor came to me and said, do you, do you think I should be a real estate agent? I'd say, mm, you probably don't, but would it help? A hundred percent, just experience wise, it would help. Yeah, I agree. I, I guess so I'm usually in the camp of you don't need it. I'm not a realtor and I've been doing real estate since 08. And so a little bit for me, it's stubbornness. Um, the other, the other, the only other pitfall or the only other thing that I caution people is, is the realtor world by and large doesn't get a real estate investing very well. They're, they just, they're living in a different reality than we are. And sometimes I've seen people who go and get their realtor's license and then they come to me and they're like, I want to be an investor. And I start talking to them. They go, well, you can't do that. Well, you can't do that. Well, you can't do It's like, no, you've learned that there's a lot of limitations because you're a realtor. I get it. I'm not bound by any of that stuff, right? So I, that only concerns me is they, they start talking to some realtor that's been doing it for 35 years and all of a sudden wholesaling's illegal. And it's like, no, it's not illegal, right? Um, but, but I do tell people when it comes to a realtor license or no, you don't have to, but you need access to the MLS. You absolutely have to have access to the MLS. And so if you can do that through being super charismatic and charming and get someone's access or get an assistant access or whatever, fine. If you can't get access to the MLS because you have no personality and you can't make friends, go get your license, right? Because you need it. You need you need access, right? I know tons of people that are realtors that have never bought or sold anything as a realtor. They just want to get on the MLS. They want that that information because that's pretty key. So that's awesome, man. I love that. Um, so what was the first investment that you made? 
Yep. Yep. So um, the first investment was a a really interesting one. Uh, there's a law that's kind of like underneath the umbrella of probate in, in the Pittsburgh, uh, really the Pennsylvania um, legal system, if you will, where if you live a certain distance from a home that's in really, really bad condition, and a couple other conditions have to be met, but essentially, if it's a if if it's like a blight on the neighborhood, you can go through this process called the conservatorship. Um, so that was the first deal that I ever did. And it took my girlfriend wife, we got married during this. It took us two years to do the entire deal, but we ended up purchasing the house for a dollar, a single dollar. Uh, I was in front of a judge and purchased the house for a dollar. And then a week later sold it for, uh, $89,000. Um, it cost us about 24,000 in, uh, lawyer fees and, uh, just legal fees, but it was totally worth it. I learned so much, but that was my first, my first foray into, uh, into real estate investing. And I I really dove head first. (laughs) Wow. That's a unique situation. I've never even heard of that. The conservatorship. That's interesting. Um, okay. So was that sort of like, I mean, that was essentially a wholesale or some sort of like a wholesale. You didn't do it. Did you do anything to the property? You just sold it right as is. Well, we, we, we purchased it for a dollar. Yeah. I spent a week, uh, with like a sigh, one of those things that you cut down <laughs> yeah. bushes yeah. with, yeah. um, chopping down the, the bushes and all of the brush around the house, um, and cleaning it up a little bit. I, I called a friend of mine who we did photography work for and said, Hey, I need somebody to come clean out this house that we just bought. We want to sell it. Uh, and for 300 bucks, an amazing team came and cleaned out the entire house uh, whenever we finally got into the place, I should have mentioned this in the first place. Uh, the one thing that this team of guys didn't clean out was the four feet of raw sewage in the basement. Oh. Uh, so we had to deal with that. It was a process uh, that was part of that $24,000 we had to spend. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was something. And we, we, we actually purchased it, cleaned it up a little bit. Um, and then like we held title for a week and then sold it. Right. Wow. Okay. So, a sigh is a sigh the thing that the grim reaper holds is that what we're talking about <laughs> yeah that's exactly. like the first time i've ever heard anyone give me a real estate story that included a sigh which is like i said <laughs> what the grim reaper holds basically like you had to use that a sigh in four foot of raw sewage like hands down the worst situation i probably have ever heard of um yeah, that's bad. interesting though but that's great i mean that's awesome right i mean it's creative and you and you made money and so I know that you've also done a lot of other stuff, right? You've done Airbnbs, um, you've house hack stuff, you've got buy and holds and flips and wholesales, all this stuff. What, what? Uh, I don't know how to ask this. So you've done all this stuff. It, did any of it stick? Are you still doing any of those strategies currently today? Or some of these like, did it, it was okay, moved on to something else? Like, what does your business look like now? Yeah. Yeah. So I, because I didn't have access to the MLS after I got rid of my license, uh, this is a long way to answer your question, but um, I got rid of my license and um, I I started to teach myself how to code so that I could take Mm -hmm. the public records and create my own comp engine uh, to figure out what properties are worth. Uh, so that I could keep wholesaling properties, buying them and then immediately selling them or buying them and keeping them mm-hmm. uh, for rentals for my wife and I. Um, so we did that and I, I taught myself how to code so that I could make those comps, but also 
so that I could create an algorithm to predict who was going to sell their house next. Um, and all of that computer stuff, that uh, programming that I learned really led me to buying properties, taking title, and then selling them for a profit, uh, wholetailing them. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what really stuck there. I'm currently not doing that because I'm focused on a couple other businesses right now. Um, that, that stuff that I just described, it actually turned into an opportunity for me to do high-end ground-up construction. So I've done some brand new construction as well. Uh, all in the the Pittsburgh market. All right, couple quick questions. And this is like some of these are like so not real estate, but I got it. I want to know because I'm interested. When you said you learned to code, I've heard people say that, right? And to me, like learning to code is like years. A, how long did it take you? And I know it's probably like a never ending process, and it's like never ends. You know, it's never you never know everything. But how long until you from when you started until you got to the point where you said, "I know enough to do what I want to do." Yeah. yeah. What's that time frame? So, yeah, it took me, I would wake up at like 3 a.m. for probably six months straight every single day of the week, uh, learn learn how to code and then go out and take some photos at the time we had photographers. And I was getting more into real estate investing, but I'd say a solid three to four hours a day for six months learning how to use Python okay. um, and uh, a couple other add-ins on top of Python. Uh, all of the like list stacking that's in this industry, it's primarily, it, it can be done. And I built a program in Python with a program on top of Python called Pandas. We're in the weeds, so no, we can okay. get out. It's all right. It's all right. Um, all right, cool. So you you did that. You had no coding experience before that, right? That's okay. right. That's interesting. All right. So so that, and then you built a program, you said, to to determine the value of a house. Are we talking about like potential, like ARV? or current value where you need to buy it right now? Or what was that value? Yeah, it was mainly comps. It was just looking for properties that had similar attributes in the same gotcha. neighborhood based on geographical location. Okay. And then you moved on, it sounds like, to building a program that predicted when people who were ready to sell, basically, right? Is that? Yeah. All right. So that's where I want to That's where I want to go now. And, and you built a, a company that is called what? Uh, so we built a company called Town Square that came out of all of this coding experience that I had. Okay. So Town Square is, by the way, is the program or the service, is it, is it a web-based thing or is it a, what is that, an app? What what exactly are we talking about? Yeah. So Town Square is just a website. It's a desktop website. You can access it through any browser. Okay. Uh, and this year we hope to build an app and it's a it's an off-market real estate marketplace. Uh, it, it really came out of me learning how to code, but uh, there have been many different iterations. Okay. Uh, we talked about my experience as an agent and a little bit of the time that I spent there. We started Town Square out of predicting who was going to sell and then being a lead generation engine primarily for agents. And uh, COVID kind of screwed up the the prediction algorithm. Mm. But uh, yeah. The, the thing that screwed up the most is uh, I have a lot of respect for real estate agents because finding people that want to sell on market, although there's like 7.2 million people every year that do it, um, it was very difficult for us to find those people, even with the algorithm that we had built. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of respect for the work that agents do. <laughs> All right. So a quick question. The, is the is the service or the, web, the website or that that program, is that currently your 
design and your your coding or has it evolved and you have like pros doing it now or is it just is it what you built no no so i definitely have pros doing it right now backing up a little <laughs> okay. bit i, I met right. my co-founder at town square his name is mitch uh one of my best friends a fantastic guy uh, I met him rock climbing and I told him, hey, look at this cool real estate stuff that I'm doing and look at this program that I wrote. And he said, dude, <laughs> you don't know anything. You're not doing anything, uh, anything right. So he is the one that is Got doing it. everything. Town Square, as it works right now, as it looks right now, it doesn't have my hands on it. Thank God. <laughs> Got it. All right. So anyone listening to this who's in real estate, who's gotten started, who's done marketing, who's trying to find people who want to sell their house should be very much leaning forward in the chair right now and salivating because this is amazing. This is this is really the holy grail. If you can, if, and I'm, I'm saying this with all due respect, if one can actually predict who is going to be selling their house before it's actually for sale, that's huge. And so can is it possible to give us some sense without displaying your algorithm like what are some of the factors that go into determining who would want to because how how can you predict who wants to sell their house yeah totally so the the prediction piece because of covid is no longer a part of town square but back whenever we were doing the prediction uh, it was for my and mitch's own investments we were buying properties and selling yeah. them um, but the way that we did the prediction was you can think of it like facebook profiles you can build a, a data profile for Mike or Paul or Jim, who is a guy that owns a house somewhere. You can build a yeah. profile of all the data that is uh, attributable to him. And then you can look at all of the data on all of the homeowners whose homes have sold in the past. And then you can say, does Jim look like any of the people who have sold around his property in the past? Right. And if he does, then he has a higher likelihood of selling. And going through that process uh, helped us get to 95% uh, accuracy Jeez. with our algorithm right before the pandemic. And hit. you're saying the pandemic <laughs> still, like, are you going to go back to that predictive model at all? Or are you just waiting this out? Or are you like, it's dead, we can't do that anymore? Uh, it, it, it requires a lot of time and we have a, a much larger interest in gotcha. running the uh, running the marketplace. So to answer your question yeah. simply, no, I don't think okay. we'll go back to it. All right. So tell me what Town Square looks like today. What is the, we're in an elevator, right? The elevator pitch. What does Town Square do? Tell me about it. Yeah. So we, we started out as a uh, retail property connection platform, connecting retail sellers with agents. That's really difficult to do. Uh, agents, again, kudos to them for being able to find retail sellers. We had uh, a large institutional buyer contact us and say, hey, we love what you guys are doing. Can we figure out a way to get off-market properties onto your platform so that we can streamline our institutional acquisitions. And when I say institutional, sure. I mean like hedge funds, REITs, gigantic buyers that have billions of dollars in the bank and want to purchase upwards of 10,000 homes every month. Zillow was in the news recently. They were one of those guys. Yeah. Um, so we had this big buyer come to us and say, hey, can we get off-market properties on your platform? And we said, yes. What does that look like? So we collaborated with them. And uh, now today, Town Square is an off-market property marketplace for anybody who has a property to sell to, <clears throat> excuse me, to display their property to the largest buyers in the world. 
the institutions, the REITs, the hedge funds. So without the predictive component, how are you reaching out to people or how are you marketing yourself to sellers? Yeah. So you and I know very well that the entire real estate investing community really comes together in in three places, podcasts, Facebook groups, and bigger pockets. So we're reaching out to people on all those different mediums and saying, hey, we'll post your deals for you on Town Square and we'll notify you if a REIT or an institutional buyer wants to purchase it. Oh, okay. So, okay. So that's good clarity for me because I was actually thinking wrong. You're not market you're you're not a tool necessarily for a seller like a homeowner who wants to sell their property but don't want to go to the MLS i mean i i'm sure you would welcome them but you're more talking to like maybe even specifically wholesalers right i've got this property under contract it's off market and i want to display it to a big group of people is that more accurate that's right. Yeah. A little bit different is that we're not displaying it to a really big group of people. I mean, anybody can access Town Square. Anybody can sign up as a buyer and make offers. But we're displaying anybody's property who has a property to sell to these giant institutional buyers. And it is wholesalers, it's turnkey rental providers, it's flippers, it's really anybody who wants to sell a property off market. And really, the investing community is the easiest way to access access those people. I got you. Okay. Uh, do you have in is there another company in your niche that is it would it be a competitor like are the people doing this or is it just you because i can think of one and i'm not going to name them just because i'm not trying to drive traffic to them but do you have people who are doing this also or are you different from everyone else yeah we we're doing this specifically for the investment community like yeah. investors wholesalers turnkey rental providers flippers and to my knowledge there's not anybody else that's doing this connection bridge between investors and institutions. There are people that are doing uh, an off-market marketplace for small investor connecting with another small investor. Okay, okay. Um, but in this space of connecting a, a seller with an institution, not so much an investor, but like a regular homeowner with an institutional buyer, there's a website <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a website called iBuyer.com okay. that does similar things to yeah. what we're doing. Gotcha. Okay. But if I am like a wholesaler and I'm listening to this and I have one property under contract, can I put it on the marketplace or do I need a, a, a block of houses? Uh, even better. Yes, you can. You don't have to sign up and put it on your uh, put it on your account. Even better, you can just add our email to your buyers list and we'll take care of all the posting all the lake work everything oh, for you really and if you get a proposal yep if you get a proposal from a buyer we'll notify you immediately so you're on my buyers list let's just say and i send out to my buyers but do you need do you need to contact do you have to have contact and say listen i need these 15 things i need the answers to these 15 questions so that i can actually plug it into my network or can you just take whatever we send out and and make it work because we're not getting formal offers from the buyers that are interacting on the platform, they're more or less just raising their hand and saying, hey, this fits my buy box. Mm -hmm. We can use whatever anybody oh, has on their marketing. Material. That's huge. Okay. Next question. Do, are you only in the Northeast or are you countrywide or where's your market? Yeah, we're nationwide. So I'm happy to say we have properties in more than 30 states and we actually have a couple properties internationally that have been posted. Okay, so why, if I'm a wholesaler listening to this somewhere, and I do whatever, a couple properties a month, 
why would I not have you on my buyer's list? Is there any reason why somebody should not just add you to their buyer's list? This seems insanely awesome. Yeah, specifically for wholesalers, the only reason why you wouldn't add us to your buyer's list is if you're not doing wholesaling correctly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're trying to daisy chain or yeah. do some, oh, I some see. stuff yeah, that's yeah, not right. Chainer. Yeah, uh, obviously, but, then the person that that's on, you obviously want the actual owner of the contract, obviously. Okay, that makes total sense. But other than that, right. a legit wholesaler should should not, it's a no-brainer because worst case, they don't, nothing happens, right? It's like, that's right. but, but you're, like a, you're like a multiplier I put you on my buyers list and and now I've got, you know, all these huge buyers because it's honestly, this is really cool because one of the things that I tell people, and we have a lot of strategies that I, I teach people about how to build your buyers list and why it's important to try to find institutional buyers and how do you go about doing that because you get one hedge fund on your buyers list and they might be the best buyer you ever had overnight, right? Because they they have a huge appetite. And typically, not, maybe this isn't always the case, but typically their margins are a little lower because they're doing more volume. Everything doesn't have to be a home run for them. They just need hits hit of minimums and they just turn and burn, right? 10,000 a month. How dis- discerning can you be when you're buying 10,000 a month? So, wow, this is awesome. I almost feel like I want to keep this episode now and not publish it so that I can get all my stuff. But I it, see, I have, a, I have abundance mentality. I want everyone to be on your list because it doesn't slow me down, doesn't hurt me, right? But thank I, you. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I would not. I, I would never go through the effort of of talking and meeting and go, without publishing it. This is awesome, though. I think this is um unique. I've not heard of this before. And frankly, there are websites out there that will do small business to small business, small investor to small investor. I don't know of anybody who's connecting institutional investors to a small investor, right? So now how do you or do you even care? Well, is it okay, I got so many questions. What does it cost the investor? I want to put you on my buyers list. I assume it costs nothing, but is that not fair? That's a hundred percent correct. Okay. It's zero dollars. Good. And then I put you on my buyers list. You blast my stuff out to your people. Do the do the institutional buyers who raise their hand informally contact you or me directly? So if you create an account and you post the property yourself under your account, then you'll be contacted directly. But if you don't want to lift a finger and you just want to add us to your buyers list, then somebody on my team will reach out to you directly as soon as you have a proposal, what we call a proposal. Really, it's an offer sure. from one of these institutional buyers. What does it cost to make an account on your on your platform for the buyer or for Nothing. the seller? I'm Absolutely sorry, for zero. It's zero. Okay. Zero. I'm assuming then if someone buys one of my properties, you have to make money. I, I, this is not a charity. Sorry. So how, how who, who pays for what? Like, how do you make money? Yeah. So right now we're running this like a lean technology startup. So we're trying to grow as fast as we possibly can. Sure. And really we're trying to do that so that we can go out and attract the attention of the guys that are trying to buy thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of properties in the next couple of years. Uh, and to do that, we're keeping everything completely free. In the future, whenever we do charge, we'll charge the institutions for advanced features that make their lives easier. Got it. Uh, things like data APIs so that they don't even have to look at Town Square. They can just get immediate access to any property that's posted on our platform. Right. That's something that we'll charge for, but our intention is to keep it free so that we can keep this exponential growth going. Wow. 
uh, honestly, I, I, I did my research on you. I read all the notes. Like I, I was prepared, but I guess I wasn't a hundred percent clear on how this works and the way it actually works is better than what I anticipated you were going to tell me. N- not that it wasn't going to be you. awesome. I-, I was pretty psyched about what you were going to say, but this is better than I anticipated, especially from a wholesaler. Like I'm a wholesaler at heart, right? Like for me, this is awesome. Uh, all I want is institutional buyers because I mean, sometimes the newbie house flipper will way overpay and that's like fine, I guess. Like it's, it's not good for him or her, but like sometimes I'll make more than I should because they don't know what they're doing. But the institutional buyers are good because for a lot of reasons. Number one, their margins typically a little lower, so they can pay a little more and it all makes sense for them. They will buy in parts of our of my market that the locals kind of go, eh. They'll buy because yep. they, they don't nec- they care, but they don't necessarily they don't they don't have some stigma about a town because they grew up next to it and don't like it. They don't care, right? They're looking at they're looking probably at crime rates and all that, but they don't have any weird like bugs up their butt about anything. But then yep. finally, like one, you know, some wholesalers, I don't have this problem, but I know this is a problem that persists. And you sort of mentioned it. Daisy chainers, people who are kind of backdooring your your stuff and all that. Like these institutional guys are not backdooring anything. They don't have the time or the inclination, and it's not worth their time to to backdoor one little $80,000 house in some off market. Like who cares, right? So yep. uh, all good. Perfectly awesome. So how do people... Uh, sign up if they want to sign up. How do they get you on their buyers? So it's like, how do we make this move forward for folks that are listening going, Mike, stop talking. Let him tell me how I can do this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very simple. The The website is like any other uh, technology startup, Town Square without the vowels, T-W-N-S-Q-R.com. You can go there to sign up and you can post any property you'd like. Um, it's really easy. If you have any questions, you can reach out to my team and I, uh, and if you want us to do everything for you, you just want to have a hands-off experience and we'll take care of everything. You can just add deals at twnsqr.com to your buyers list. And my team will take care of everything from posting the property to taking it down and notifying you if you get a proposal. Okay. And that's deals, D-E-A-L-S at twnsqr.com. You got it. Okay. What about the, on the buy side? What if I'm a house flipper listening to this or a landlord? And I'm like, I just want, I want to access these houses too. Do I have to be institutional? Do I have to be buying 10,000 houses a month? Or can I just log on and say, I'm going to buy one every three months? You can do whatever you'd like. Okay. And it's open access for everyone. Got it. Um, that's awesome, man. That's so cool. Like what, a, you, what you. a cool idea. I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally down with this, man. I'm behind it hundred um, percent. I'm awesome. excited to start putting my stuff on there. Can you give the folks listening, especially the wholesalers, um, some sense of, uh, and you might've already done this and I apologize if you said it, but I'm, I'm too excited to listen everything super closely. How many people, how many institutions, how many properties are moving? Like what's, what's the size and, and churn of this, of this, uh, of this endeavor? Yeah, so we have just shy of a thousand properties that have been posted to the platform across uh, 30 states. Um, Today alone, we had 62 properties posted uh, and we have about a dozen, call it 13. I'm on the edge with another one uh, committed to looking at the platform and signing up whenever we have the API to get sourced with all of those properties. Gotcha. Okay. The other question I guess I have is... um how what's the mechanism for 
having a bunch of people want, like, is it an auction or how does it work on your platforms? I'm an institutional guy. There's institutional guy B over there. I call you at 10 a.m. Or, or text you or email you, whatever the mechanism is, and say, I'm interested in this. And the other guy does too. And then a third guy comes in and says, I want that house too. Like, how, how, what's, the, what's the process there so that no one feels like they had the rug pulled out from under them? Yeah. So anybody can submit a proposal, submit an offer through the platform. Uh, and it's totally up to the person who has posted the property to determine who they want to work with. So when you send in your proposal, you can include the price that you'd like to pay for the property. Um, plus you can include a comment about yourself, but what's really interesting that we're working on and it should be live sometime, uh, in this quarter is reviews and profiles. So, if you're someone selling a property through town square and you get 15 proposals and 10 are from average mom and pop investors that buy one house every two months or so and then a couple others are from institutions our intention is for you to be able to look at their proposal and look at their profile and see how they have performed with such a high quantity of properties flowing through the platform we want you to be able to look at their profile and say, hey, this guy is someone that I want to work with, even though he has uh, $5,000 less in his offer. Yeah. Uh, he seems like he's easier to work with. We're even going to include things like proof of funds where the seller can see the the proof of funds of the buyer. Um, so yeah, the, the reviews, the profiles, and the comment that you're able to add with your proposal are are what we're trying to push for so the seller can make the best decision possible. Got it. Perfect. So they see all the offers. They don't just see the first one. They see all of them. Okay. They see all of them. What's your mechanism? If I put you on my buyer's list sort of blindly, you write deals at townsquare.com. How do I find out there was a proposal? You just send me an email or how does it work? Or do I have to go to the portal yeah. or? We'll send you a proposal. Uh, if you make an account, um, I'm sorry, if you get a proposal, we'll send you an email. Um, and if you make an account, we can still post the properties on your account for you. Um, and that way, if a buyer comes and submits a proposal to you and the property is under your account, well, then you'll be notified without anybody from my team even stepping in other than the posting process. Gotcha. Okay. That's awesome, man. Jeez, we could talk about this forever. This is this is a no-brainer, honestly. If you're a buyer, you got to go and sign up for crying out loud. And if you're a seller, it's a really no-brainer. If you're a wholesaler or somebody trying to sell properties off, off market, like what in the world is the harm of adding deals at townsquare.com? That's deals at TWNSQR, obviously no vowels. But what's, what is the downside? There's no downside. There's literally no downside, right? So yeah. anyone who within the sound of my voice who's not doing this, I, I would uh, suggest that perhaps you're not really serious about your business because I'm doing it. I'm going to call my, I'm not doing it, but I'm going to call my dispo guy and he's going to do it. And it's just a no brainer. We're going to create an account and, and we're all moving forward. Like, the idea, you know, people always talk about how do I build my buyer's list? I have 300 people. How do I build my buyer's list? Like there's a lot of ways you can do it and you should do all those ways. But this is another way. Like I, I, I don't know how much, I, I know you listen to my podcast, but so I'm part of seven figure flipping. It's a group of, of yeah. you know, highly vetted and, and curated community of, of extremely successful investors. And I'm constantly being asked this question by these guys. And so yeah. I'm going to tell all of them and I guarantee to a person, they're all going to do this. Anyone who's selling properties because my gosh, why not? So, um, all right, man. Listen, I could do this all day. I really could. I'm, my mind is racing now, and I love these kind of interviews. But I know eventually, I just start sounding like a a little kid who's chasing <laughs> a schoolgirl. Like it, it gets kind of sad. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. But 
Guys, go and check this out. TWNSQR.com. Go there. Uh, if they want to reach out to you, like, what's the best way for people to kind of get in your world and, and, and interact with you? Yeah, totally. So uh, I, I feel kind of old saying this, but uh, the best social media to interact with me is actually LinkedIn. I, I'm, a, I'm an avid LinkedIn user, okay. so you can find me uh, on LinkedIn just Paul Wakeham, spelled W-A-K-I-M on LinkedIn, or you can contact me directly at my email, which is paul, P-A-U-L, at townsquare.com, T-W-N-S-Q-R.com. All right. Well, listen, you didn't give me an AOL email address. That's what I thought you were going with when you said you sound really old. I was like, please don't, Um, or a Yahoo account or something. but listen, man, this has been awesome. A lot of fun. Uh, you have a very cool background. I loved, I honestly love talking to people who are like, have these other interests and diversities and like, you know, your aerial photography, like all that is so cool to me, probably because I'm just Thank an you. entrepreneur, honestly. Yeah, totally cool. But the fact that you've done flipping, wholesaling, Airbnbs, you've done all this stuff, like you understand real estate, you've been in real estate and you've created a product specifically for it. I think that's so cool. Like I'm completely impressed and I love talking to folks like you. So thanks for doing this. uh, And thanks for being so, so fun and uh, providing something to the audience that I guarantee they've never heard of and they don't have and they need. So that's for me as a host, that's a win. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be telling people about it and uh, keep up the great work with the podcast. Honestly, I'm a fan and I think that you're providing some of the best content out there for experienced and brand new investors. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that, man. And uh, I will have you back because I want to hear more about how this evolves and grows. And you're an interesting guy. And honestly, selfishly, half the reason I do this podcast anymore is to meet people like you. So uh, I don't want to lose contact. So we'll, we'll stay in touch. Awesome. Thanks again, Mike. This was great. All right, man. Thank you. Well, that's some cool software. I am definitely putting them on my buyers list at the very least, but I'm most likely going to go in and actually create an account in that software because I think it's very, very cool. We're always trying to find ways to not only buy properties, which you can obviously use it for that, um, but for a wholesaler, getting in front of institutional buyers is really, really a big deal. It's important. So if you are a wholesaler or somebody who's selling off market properties, you should definitely go and check out that software. Uh, I had a conversation with Paul after the interview once we stopped recording and uh, told him I loved it. I love the software. I'm not uh, definitely not just saying that. I wouldn't do that anyway. But uh, this one was... Um, especially interesting to me. So I'm excited to work with them. I'm excited to work with this platform. I think you guys should check it out. But no matter what you do, get out there and get going. Just get started. Do something today to get yourself closer to your goals or you will regret, regret it. Not regret it. You'll regret it in a year. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. I had a blast talking to Paul. We'll see you next time.